Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. Under the radar means hearing about things you didn't know you needed to know until you hear them. It's a serious look. To hear about the issues that don't get the attention they deserve. Under the radar doesn't get caught up in the day-to-day. Surfacing issues that are not talked about in mainstream media. I think it's something that connects us to each other. Under the radar is all about discovery. I can be guaranteed voices I haven't heard before. But also the questions. Under the radar is one step ahead. I'm Callie Crossley. This week on Under the Radar with Callie Crossley, we sure do make a lot of funny people here in Massachusetts. Amy Poehler, Conan O'Brien, Jay Leno, Steve Carell, Mindy Kalin. Ever heard of them? And how about Patrice O'Neill, Mike Birbiglia, Rachel Dratch, and Ginny Slate? All were raised here, and the list goes on. And for over a decade, the Women in Comedy Festival here in Boston has been closing the gender gap in comedy by highlighting women across comedic platforms in their annual event. Nationally known stars headline the festival, like Wanda Sykes and Nikki Glaser, alongside local favorites from the region. But due to COVID-19, the festival has been canceled for the last two years, while comedy clubs shuttered and local comedians found themselves without any in-person gigs. So what is the state of comedy like now in the state of Massachusetts as we emerge from the pandemic and a year of such loss, increased violence against Asian Americans and police brutality against black lives? Is it even okay to be funny? Well, if we ever needed a laugh, it's now. So we're yucking it up with some local women comedians to kick off our summer fun series. Later in the show, her global acclaim as one of the first female aviators is well known, but few know how it happened. I think what's interesting about Amelia is that she is this enduring figure, an enduring hero. Uh, And yet, most people know so very little about her. Amelia Earhart's life before her mysterious disappearance and the importance of her time in Boston. But first, joining me to talk all things comedy are two local comedians, Bethany Van Delft, founder of the artisanal comedy show, host of iHeartRadio's The 10 News Podcast, and co-host of Nova and PBS's Parentologic Digital Series. She's a regular performer and producer at the Women in Comedy Festival in Boston, and her debut comedy album, I'm Not a Llama, landed in 2019. She was named Boston Magazine's Best Comedian in both 2019 and 2020. Welcome, Bethany. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted. Also with me, Kelly McFarlane, a featured headliner for the Women in Comedy Festival in Boston for over a decade and first runner-up in the Boston Comedy Festival. Kelly has appeared on the Today Show, The View, Comedy Central, and NBC's Last Comic Standing, just to name a few. She has two comedy albums out, Bombshell and You Woke Up Today. Hi, Kelly. Hi, how are you? Great. (laughs) So you two are local. You both grew up in New England, so you have long New England roots, uh, as the long list of people we referred to before. So what is it about New England that informs your comedy, if it does? Kelly? Yeah, I mean, I think that it wouldn't matter if I lived here or if I lived uh, somewhere else. I would, I talk about what's happening around me and to me and from my point of view. So... I think the Northeast does lend itself to always being inspired because we have the, uh, we have the 
do I want to call it the lucky fortune of like the change of seasons (laughs) and (laughs) the weather is always different. And that means the things you can do are different and the the experiences you can have are different all the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say I just really, I mean, I love being from New England for the most part. So I, I, I take everything that's out there for me. Okay. And Bethany. Here's the thing. I was born in New York. And so I come with the rivalry. Okay. I look around. (laughs) I look around and uh, and I'm like, this could be better. That could be better. That could be better. That could be. No, I'm kidding. Listen, I I agree with Kelly. I do agree with Kelly. Um, I did come up in comedy here. This is my essence. My being is this style of comedy here. I, I agree that the change of seasons has a has a lot to do with it, but I think it's more about being really grouchy about it, like just <laughs> wicked, wicked pissed off about, oh, my God, is it hot enough for you? Oh, my God, it's so cold out. Like, it's just it's just there's always something to complain about. Um, the weather gives it to you and it really sharpens your wit. It gives credence to these big emotions like I'm gonna melt I'm gonna melt I need to get into the mall I'm gonna melt and I I think I think all of that kind of stuff really helps you have have um a good comedic sense okay I love that you just said is it hot enough for you (laughs) is it hot enough for you is it hot enough for you it's a scotcha oh Oh, my gosh I've tried to spell that. I've tried to try it. Try to spell that. It's a scotch, uh huh? Scotch. No, it is not. It's not. I'm from a volcano and I felt it hotter. Thank you. Okay. Um, When did you know that you were funny? I'll start with you, Bethany. Um, I'm not even sure right now if I'm funny. So. I will say my family is super funny. Each my I grew up with uh, my mom and dad and my brother and sister, and everyone was super hilarious in their very own way. My dad's super dry, and he loved uh, the Marx Brothers and Monty Python and W.C. Fields and Mae West, whom I guess most of those people would be canceled today. But he <laughs> he loved. That style of comedy, my mom loved Freddie Prinze and Richard Pryor and uh, Lenny Bruce and George Carlin. And my brother and sister and I grew up with, you know, Sesame Street and Bugs Bunny. So it was just like a super goofy group of people. And I'm not sure that any one of us ever thought we especially were funny. It was just the way we we expressed ourselves together all the time. And then when we left our cocoon and went out into the world, it seemed to entertain other people too. Okay. Kelly? You're going to hear a lot of the same themes, right? I think you have <laughs> to – you know you're funny as soon as you get recognition from someone that you know, right? So when I was little – all you know is you just know the people in your house. Your world is so small. And I was doing like pratfalls when I was three. So, <laughs> you know, like tip, tripping over tables and getting a laugh and just being ridiculous. And silliness was definitely encouraged when I was growing up. And I think that that perspective that you have is something that you're born with. So you kind of look at things a different way. And I was I was alone a lot, so I I think I just started kind of developing this sense of humor to 
amuse myself. Um, my parents are, they both have great senses of humor and they, a lot of the same things that Bethany was just talking about. I remember finding their albums in my father's den and he had like Richard Pryor and Bill Cosby and yeah, you're right, Bethany. A lot of these people would be canceled. And, mm-hmm. um, and they just, they, I remember listening to those albums and George Carlin. And then I just loved all of that stuff. And I loved watching funny women on, on TV when I was little. And I think it just, you just start to realize that there's power with humor. And if you can make a room full of people laugh, <laughs> then there's some power in that. And I, I, leaned into it, I guess. <laughs> oh, I, I would agree. If you could make a yeah. room full of people laugh, that's important. Yeah. Um, as we said, uh, the Women in Comedy Festival here in Boston, which was so popular, has been canceled two years in a row because of, of COVID. So, you know, we wanted to talk to you two. Um, one of the things I'm, that always comes up when you talk to women who happen to be comedians is is the humor from women different in any way than men or is that yes it's better oh (laughs) okay bethany (laughs) all right okay yes all right okay (laughs) say more sorry was that too fast (laughs) no no say Um, more (laughs) i don't know know if it's better it is it's smarter no i don't know if that's true it is it is it is that's it okay it's um okay this is why this is why i think honestly i'm not being biased it's better because (laughs) i feel that Women are more in touch with their feelings. Mm. Women are more in touch with the notion of having feelings <laughs> and mm. how feelings affect our, our actions and the world around us. We also have not all women across the board, but you know, generally to um to just generalize, right? We are in tune with other people's feelings. We generally are more empathetic. And I think all of those things lend for a much richer source of material. You know, if, if I can talk about how this situation made me feel and what was running through my head and then what I think that person felt and what I think is running through their head, there's so much opportunity for humor there, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So I want our listeners to hear a bit of you um, doing all of that. Oh, so <laughs> so here's a, a clip from Bethany Van Delft's comedy album, I'm Not a Llama. So my husband is white. My husband's white. My dad's white. So my children are three quarters white, which is more white than me. So I'm a little bit fucking afraid of them. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like, I love them. I love them, and I know they love me, but I lock my bedroom door at night. Because stuff happens, right? It happens, and it just keeps happening, right? Like, I might, I might come down to the kitchen one morning, and my daughter might be on the phone yelling, there's a black lady trying to make my breakfast. Like, I don't, I don't know. Okay, I think that's funny. I think you expressed your feelings pretty well there, Bethany. That was Bethany Vandell. All right, Kelly, you get to hear of my own children. Oh, I think, well, you expressed your feelings. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, you get to answer the same question. Is, you know, is uh, comedy from women different than men? Uh, You know what? I, um, I've been in a million interviews with Bethany and I love 
that answer because, and I'd never thought, I don't know why we haven't talked about this before, Bethany, but I love this idea that we're just used to feeling emotion and I'll, I'll partner with that by saying, and yet the world wants us to be emotionless. So like, I think that we feel it all right. And I think that's amazing and incredible. And when you go into comedy, you're, you're leaning into that whole, let it, let it out. Right. And so I think that for me, I prefer a lot of, I prefer a lot of women comics, probably because I can just relate to them. Uh, and I also think that there's something to be said about the fact that women comics, if you're, if you're committed to being a comedian, you let it all hang out. And that's, there's something really magical about that. I think. There are some funny men. There, there are. Oh my gosh. There's so many. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want, I want our listeners to hear you letting it all hang out. Kelly oh, McFarlane. No. Okay. This is from your comedy <laughs> album. You woke up today. Uh, I went on a girl's weekend, uh, recently and it's a storm it's uh like girls night out is fine right girls night out you can function for one night girls weekend there's always one person who's too excited about the weekend and they're so excited they want to control everything that happens on the weekend uh i got an agenda for our girls weekend with a clothing suggestion list it's a weekend in vermont i don't think i need a lot of suggestions but it was tons it was like two pairs of sneakers, uh, a casual dress, jeans, uh, four sets of pajamas. Uh, why don't we pack eight pairs of underpants? And I was like, if you need eight pairs of underpants for a weekend, perhaps you should stay home. Because <laughs> I don't think you feel well enough to travel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good. <laughs> I mean, I'm I gross. That. I forgot to tell you, I'm just gross. Um, <laughs> well, having been on a number of girls' weekends, it resonated. Yeah. <laughs> good. That's all we want, right? We want to be relatable. That's at or the exactly. end of the day. So, um, did people need comedy more during the pandemic? I mean, it caused you all to lose a lot of work and re re envision how you operated and made your living, but. Do you think in the end, as people found their way to you, that was because they, they needed comedy? I did. I'm That's why I'm wondering if that was your sense as well. I'll start with you, Bethany. I do think so. I, don't, I can't say I started doing it in the pandemic because of that. Like, people are going to need comedy. I was, I was just, like, so freaked out and was like, what am I going to do? This is what I've done, you know many, many, many times a week for a lot, a lot of years. Like, what will I do now? Just wait this out. And I, I obsessively Googled the 1918 pandemic and it seemed like it was going to be like 18 months or more. And I was like, can I actually not do comedy for 18 months? I don't think so. What's this thing on my phone? Instagram? Yeah, let's do some comedy. And so it was the beginning of, of doing it on Instagram was just to be able to do it. Kelly was on the first Instagram show that I did. And I found that lots of comedians were feeling the same way. They were like, well, I don't know what we're going to do. So we'll just try this and see what happens. But as we kept doing it, people kept showing up and, you know, 
commenting, thank you so much for doing this. I needed this so, 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 so much. I did become aware that, yeah, people do want this. It's not just us wanting to still do it. People are looking for this. Kelly, what do you say? Yeah, I agree 100%. I think it started out as something I needed to do. <laughs> there, As I watched my calendar just disappear, I you know, you go through first, first phase, uh, you're sad. Then you wonder what else you're good at. I quickly realized not a lot. So then I, I was like, I need to figure this out and I need to figure it out for myself because I've just invested so much time and energy into this thing. And I want to, I want to keep doing it. It feeds my soul. I enjoy it. I like the gift of laughter and I want to keep doing it. And I did do Bethany's first show and it was, it was confusing and hard because you really needed to switch gears into this tiny square. And I just am so glad that there were other people that I respect and love in, in my comedy family, right. That were like, all right, I'm doing this. Do you want to come on? And then it inspired me to do the same thing. So I think there was this handful, a couple handfuls of us, I think is a fair thing to say that we just decided we were going to, we were just going to keep going. <laughs> like everything's closed. Guess what? We're still going because there's the interwebs and <laughs> we kind of had to figure out on the fly. So I think people were thankful. I was doing a show with Dan Crone, very funny comic, uh, Bethany was a guest a few times and we would just meet every day on live on Facebook at 5 p.m. And we did that show through the summer and it just was something where uh, that's what our comments were as well. Just, I'm, you guys are so stupid. I love this. This is so easy. It's just a good laugh. You're being so, so silly. Uh, it's nice to think about nothing for the hour that you're on. And I think that was enough to keep people going. Uh, keep mm -hmm. us doing it and then have keep people keep tuning in, I guess. If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. And my guests are two local comedians, Bethany Van Delft and Kelly McFarlane. We're joking around, kicking off Under the Radar summer fun series. All right, jump in, Bethany. You know, so definitely we did comedy and everything. But another thing that ended up happening that was actually really cool was, you know, so many really intense terrible things happened th throughout the 15 months besides the pandemic and having this weekly place for comedians to process it because you know you and I were talking about how comedians observe the world around them and that's basically what they're describing in their comedy so to be locked in the house and then see George Floyd be murdered and not have a, a room full of people or friends or, or any way to get together and try to process that. A really interesting thing happened is that comedians now were coming on and not really doing a set or doing comedy, but just kind of talking through what they're watching happen from the place that they're locked in. And, and that was that was really cool. That was a cool outlet to have to process with other comedians. But it also kind of changed. I mean, I, I've always talked about things that are not funny, but tried to find an angle that would make it more palatable for people. And so that just kind of really heightened my desire to to keep doing that or kind of affirmed affirmed that kind of comedy for me. 
that there is a way to talk about these things. There is a, there's something funny in every situation to a degree, even if it's like a heartbreaking thing, but it is important to, to bring it up, to get people to listen to something they might not really want to listen to. If you just have a conversation about it, it kind of comedy kind of softens the edge of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you can tackle any kind of issue if you know how to approach it, you know, you have to figure out what the right set of approach is for the particular subject matter. Which brings me to the whole thing about um, the myth that persists, and we know it's a myth that, you know, women just can't be funny. And yet I think that women are are so good at particularly doing what you just said, tackling some subjects in, that might not seem like they would have humor to them, but but yet they are. Let, let's take a listen to Ali Wong. This is from her 2016 special, Baby Cobra, on Netflix. But I think that for marriage, it can be nice to be with somebody of your own race. The advantage is that you get to go home and be racist together. (laughs) You get to say whatever you like. You don't gotta explain shit. My husband, half Filipino, half Japanese. I'm half Chinese and half Vietnamese. And we spend 100% of our time shitting on Korean people. It's amazing. So I would say that was a touchy subject, and she put that <laughs> her own comedic spin, as only Ali Wong can, um, on uh, a subject matter that might seem taboo. <laughs> you know? I'm fascinated, even though that persistent myth that women can't be funny, there are a lot of women, well, maybe not a lot, but certainly there are some women that we all know who've done quite well and are continuing to do well. And I'm going to get you to comment on that in just a second. But let's listen to this clip from Amy Schumer. This is her 2019 Netflix special, Growing. At night in New York, if I take the subway at night, I will run home. Like women, we run home. Not for the cardio. And there was a study done and it said that women mostly fear violence. That's our number one fear. And the same study showed that men's number one fear was ridicule. Oh, yeah, God. I'm so sorry, I didn't know you guys were going through that. Then this me so hurt for you. Do you guys run home? Cause you're afraid of somebody telling a little jokey about you. <laughs> I mean, I think women are not afraid to go there, right? <laughs> they just go right there. So how do you answer that? You know, how, what, or do you even respond anymore to that whole women aren't funny? No. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't respond to it anymore. And also, the the proof is in the pudding. Do mm-hmm. people still say that? Just listen. Just listen to women. That's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. If you're still saying that, you know, if you're still saying women aren't funny, then most likely you're not listening to women. Mm. Or like Amy Schumer said, it hurt. You know, you. Oh, I feel ridiculed. I don't want to. I don't want to hear myself up there like that. Got it. Got it. Are you surprised by the increasing popularity of some who've broken through? There are more than there have been 
But of course, we know the numbers are still not equal. What do you think, Kelly? Uh, it's a great question because I still get stumped with it. I'm not surprised because I'm a woman <laughs> and I and I know other funny women. So it's not surprising to me. Uh, I guess I just feel like it comes back to this whole idea of people aren't listening. If you, if you go into it thinking that, oh, it's a woman, she's not going to be that funny because I know I can't tell you how many times I've heard. And I'm sure any woman comedian that you talk to would say this, that it's after the show and someone comes up to you and they're like, I don't usually like women comics, but you were great. That's not a compliment. That's, that means that as soon as I was introduced and stepped out and you saw indicators that I might be a woman, you made a decision about me right away. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a problem that's, that unfortunately is, has always been there for many different people. And if we would just stop and just start treating each other like humans, right? Like, I hope this is a funny person because I don't, I also don't want you to placate and laugh at me just because I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. I want you to laugh because I worked really hard on these jokes and I want you to enjoy it. And I'm working hard up there and sweating. So I want you to give me a chance just like anyone else. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't play a clip from Tiffany Haddish's 2019 Netflix special, Black Mitzvah, because Mm -hmm. she was in the category with all men for best comedy album, and she won. Mm -hmm. And she's only the second black woman to win that category. And the first one was Whoopi Goldberg, like 100 years ago. (laughs) I mean, so let's listen to this clip and you can respond on the other side. (laughs) I was at the birthday party, right? And Beyonce had came in and her suit was banging. I was like, oh my God, this suit is amazing. She said the suit was from Christian Siriano. I was like, I'm asking to make me a suit too. She was like, okay. So then <laughs> when he sent me the suit, right, he gave it to me fresh off the runway, right? It was just, uh, it couldn't even pull over my thighs or nothing. It didn't fit. So then I thought to myself, let me call Beyonce mama, just take a shot in the dark, see if she let me borrow that suit, right? So I call Beyonce mama. I say, hey, Miss Tima, how you doing? Um, you know that suit that Beyonce was wearing that night at the party? Do you think that Beyonce would let me borrow it? She was like, you know what's crazy? She was talking about gifting that to you, but I don't know if you're going to be able to fit it. You know, Beyonce had three kids, and you didn't have none. I was like, <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I'll... So that's Tiffany Haddish, the winner of the best comedy album. <laughs> so that was pretty good. She was shocked that she won, by the way. All right, give me a concluding thought from the, the, the two of you about um, what do you see happening for yourselves in your career as we're coming out of the pandemic? Is there a big lesson that you learn that you think it's going to pay off for you as you continue in your work as a comedian? Bethany? I will say we love men and we do think men are funny. <laughs> and especially men who book us are so, Seconded. so, so, so funny. Yes, very, very funny and would never ridicule you. Um, we love you. And uh, what did I learn? Well, I didn't learn not to run my mouth, apparently. And I did learn, okay, so a lot of comedians, a lot of advice from comedians who have been doing it for a long time. They'll say, 
you don't do it for the money. You don't do it for the audience. You do it for you. And I'd be like, sure, sure. And I want the money. I want to pay my bills. You know, I don't want to work in a shoe store. Um, well, I, I mean, I do actually want to work in a shoe store. But <laughs> at night, I don't want to work in a shoe store. I want to do comedy. Like, I want to make money and I want people to laugh. But And I, I didn't really understand that point of view that you just – you do it for you and then all the rest comes. And I will say this pandemic has definitely – made that make a lot more sense mm. because doing comedy on Instagram live is not for anybody. It's for, <laughs> it's just for us really. And it, and you know, it was, and people watched and it was fun and they appreciated it and enjoyed it. But when you're on a screen, just the two of you, you could basically just be FaceTiming. So you're FaceTiming, but people are listening in. You really are doing that for you. Is it still fun to you? Yes. And I didn't expect that. I've only done my first show in in the whole 15 months last Saturday, my first live show with like human people breathing aerosols and everything. And I, I was super trepidatious. And I, I thought, you know, I'm probably not even going to know how to do this anymore. But this will be my my finale. I'll I'll at least say I did it one more time after the pandemic. And it was amazing how quickly I just fell back into fell back into it. Like my old mannerisms, my sense of timing, looking around into the audience and commenting on things just came right back. And I was exhausted just from the anxiety and the fear of it, but I definitely came home like this is this is what I do. This is what I want to do. This is this is what I want to do for always. So yeah, I do love it. It was it was really really great. Kelly, what lessons did you take away and is it still fun for you? The biggest lesson I think I took away from it was that you can really make anything work if you just put your mind to it. And I mean, I've, I worked so hard to not have a day job and not have to work in a shoe, shoe store. And I think that we work hard to do that, right? To put food on our tables and provide for our families and and contribute. And then at the same time, you want to do this thing that you love so much. And if you just kind of just dig in a little bit, you can figure it out. And I think everyone did that. Like a lot of people managed to figure it out. And I, I found that super inspiring, like left, right, and center. There were people everywhere that I would find someone new who was just making it work and also learning and opening their eyes. And, um, I really, found that inspiring and I will always love it. It's my favorite thing. And I feel very blessed and thankful that I get to perform and entertain people. And yeah, I mean, this show is under the radar and I thought at first it was a description of my career, but I feel like <laughs> I'm just super lucky. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, is this going to be a, this is your life scenario, but I feel very content and thankful and I love it so much. And I hope people will come out and support live performance. I'm sure they will. They're, they're, everybody's looking for a laugh these days, as I said. So thank you both for talking to me. It was fun. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Bethany Van Delft is the founder of the Artisanal Comedy Show, host of iHeartRadio's The 10 News Podcast, and co-host of Nova and PBS's Parentologic Digital Series. Her debut comedy album, I'm Not a Llama, landed in 2019. She was named Boston Magazine's Best Comedian in both 2019 and 2020. 
Kelly McFarland has been a featured headliner for the Women in Comedy Festival in Boston for over a decade and was first runner-up in the Boston Comedy Festival. She has two comedy albums out, Bombshell and You Woke Up Today. Coming up, you may know the name Amelia Earhart, the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean, but it's likely you don't know that she lived and worked right here in Boston. This was a city where Earhart flew to worldwide fame, but her local connections have been overlooked. Two authors trace Amelia Earhart's life before her infamous disappearance. That's next. This is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. 